This is a UC Public Policy Channel program from the Goldman School of Public Policy at UC Berkeley. Visit us at www.uctv.tv/public-policy for more discussion on solutions for the good of all. Right now, the poverty rate for children in the United States is about 13%. More than one in ten children in America are living in families with income below the poverty line, and when we define something called deep poverty, that's this group that is really more disadvantaged. That number shrinks a great deal, but is still almost three percent for children in the United States. So that is a quite significant level of deprivation. That, when compared to other rich countries in the world, the United States really looks like an outlier. I study poverty and inequality, and in particular, the role of government public benefits and how they affect families with children. I recently sat on a National Academy of Sciences panel that was organized around trying to understand the causes and consequences of child poverty and how we could reduce it. And the two most important programs in the United States for reducing child poverty are. A series of tax credits,、uh, importantly the Earned Income Tax Credit, and then secondly the food stamp program. It's worth pointing out that to analyze the social safety net as an investment, I need to look back in time for a policy change that allows me to look at data today and inquire about the long-run effects of the program. And so, in the work that I've been doing on the food stamp program, we go back to the war on poverty in the '60s and '70s when food stamps was initiated in the United States. And it turns out that the program was rolled out across counties in America and took a 15-year period from the first parts of America that received food stamps to the last counties in America. And there was a lot of bureaucratic. Elements that led to this variation, and so it turned out to be random in many dimensions, which is very useful for doing public policy analysis. So, what I find is that when families are exposed to more food stamps, what we know is that in the long run, this child is more likely to graduate high school, attend college. Has lower rates of poverty in their sort of 30s and 40s. That's about how old these kids are who were impacted by this policy change. They have better health. For African American men, they're less likely to be engaged with the criminal justice system. More likely to own their home and to live in neighborhoods that have higher levels of economic well-being. That's the snapshot of what we know about. Providing food stamps in early life and these later life outcomes, and the other thing that we know from that work is that it seems that there's a critical period in a child's life whereby these benefits seem to matter more, and that seems to be from birth or in utero to school-going years. So that sort of birth to age five、uh, appears to be a period where the data suggests. That more expansion of this program yields these benefits in the longer run. There are two different ways to think about framing the benefits that we provide for households with children. One of them is to compare the spending on families with children compared to other groups in the United States, and a very standard comparison would be spending on the elderly. And so, if you look at both the levels of spending or The trends over time, you see a real 
gap and a widening gap. So we spend a lot more on a per capita basis on the elderly through Social Security and Medicare compared to the equivalent set of programs, both cash, food assistance, and health insurance for families with children. The research shows very clearly that providing assistance to children not only helps the benefit the family uh, and its well-being today, but in the long run, the children end up on a different life trajectory. So the tagline I think that's relevant for this kind of policy is the social safety net as an investment. The second thing that we could think about measuring our assistance for this group against would be other countries. And if you look at, say, an OECD publication and a comparison, the United States is the lowest, if not one of the lowest, when compared to other countries, spending a rate of between 30 and 50 percent of most European countries on a percent of GDP basis. Under, say, the Clinton administration in the 1990s, the vast majority of spending went to the very poorest families. Most families that were getting public benefits were not very engaged with the labor market and so had very low levels of earnings and income. Today, we've sort of moved away from spending on non-working poor families and imposed a lot of sort of what we call conditionality into receipt of benefits, essentially requiring that you're connected to the labor market. Food stamps is the critical program that is still available if you have families with children, regardless of work or non-work. And we saw in the Great Recession in the late 2000s, the incredible importance of food stamps helping to fill the gap for families when their earnings decrease or when, they, or when a parent loses a job. But many other elements of our social safety net requiring connection to the labor force means that when you lose a job, then benefits go down as well, which creates a sort of double reduction in family income. So there's a lot of concern about how to build in better counter-cyclical social safety nets to try to combat that problem. And I propose taking the food stamp program and building into it an automatic expansion that occurs when we're in a recession, just like unemployment insurance builds in automatic expansions. I do think that we have a long way to go in terms of making the most use we can of the available evidence and the available data in order to learn as much as we can and use that to inform the very best policymaking at the federal, state, and local levels. And I think we're making a lot of progress in this dimension. I mean, I can say as a professor here at the Goldman School, the share of our master's students, who are of course gonna go out into the world and work in these positions, who wanna learn more and more tools around data, around statistics, around scientific evidence and how to use that in their work has just grown dramatically in the relatively short time that I've been here interacting with these students. So I feel very bullish on how we're going to see policies evolving if we have these students out there in the world doing the work that they wanna do.